Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. This is hour number two of our show right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri, and we're hoping over the next couple of weeks to have some interesting topics, some sports betting topics, maybe even with the NFL draft coming up. We're looking for that live action to sink our teeth into. And uh, and yesterday we got a piece of good news from me. I actually broke a story yesterday. We'll get to that in a second. We got some good news, maybe. And then... Unfortunately, we got some bad news. Now, I got to tell you, in this day and age of really us not having a ton of live events and not having a lot to talk about, I was sort I was sort of getting excited for uh, the UFC upcoming mm-hmm. event, and I'll tell you why. Uh, WrestleMania proved it. 13 yep. million people watched that event, and then all this talk started to come out, and we were like, we were applauding Dana White. Oh yeah, he's gonna get an island. He's gonna have the UFC event. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be great. And then late yesterday, Joe, we get the news, all UFC events are PPD, all canceled for the time being. So what in the world happened here, Joe? Was this just all talk and no action? Like, I mean, how do you go this far down that road of talking about getting islands to play in, and then now there's just no UFC whatsoever? Mm. Now, I want to be candid on here. I'm not a huge UFC fan. I'm right. just a sports fan. Right. You give me something live to watch, and like you, you show me some odds on something that I feel somewhat into, somewhat tangible, and I get I excited about it. it. Yep. How, how did this happen? Like yeah. how, all of a sudden, this is just and and again, this happened late yesterday. So right. well, a lot of the information is still starting to come in, but um, no UFC, Joe. Nothing. The problem is that you've got. I think the logistics of it the ethical nature of it. Um, I think Dana White and the brushback uh, was probably severe. I mean, it's, uh, there are an awful lot of people that are, um, you know, how dare you still in that, uh, in that vein. And even though it was going to be just UFC, just the athletes, just UFC running it, um, the idea that you're going to hold it when everyone else is still, um, you know, quarantined and, and at home, uh, it just didn't rub people the you know the right way, and I think forced the I think the also the venue which was at an Indian casino I think in California that's is the what, way they were yeah. looking at it. Yeah, that's, um, that's how the story started good yesterday. That's correct. <laughs> that's absolutely correct. Outside. And of course, you know when you're on Indian land and you're a casino, it's you know they're not necessarily governed by um, anything true. but their yeah. own uh, their own rules. So. It made sense. It made total sense. But uh, if they received pressure and they wanted to back out of it, um, then really, if you got no place to hold these, that yeah. I, I think he was on to something with the island, the private island. It solves a lot of issues. But uh, the reality is, doing it inside the United States right now, uh, I would have applauded him if he had been able to pull it. But there were still some question marks as to how he was going to get that done. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I mean, honestly, a big bummer. That was the one live event outside mm-hmm. of horse racing and ping pong and some wacky uh, cricket and mm-hmm. soccer uh, outside of that that I was actually, like, that is something that I would have tuned into. Mm-hmm. I, I, even though I didn't watch WrestleMania, I would have watched UFC, uh, not just because it gives us something to talk about here, but it would have been a nice little release for that. But, yes. you know, that's that's the only problem with this is, like, is that Dana White, who is arguably one of the biggest entrepreneurs of our lifetime in everything that he's accomplished. Mm-hmm. This is just like one of those times where he just went too far. And I think, I mean, I'm sure he'll have some comments on it saying, oh, it wasn't my fault. I wanted to do it, but somebody else didn't. But I mean, we're it's not even about being sensitive. It's just about being smart. And we're still here in early April. Yeah. Like, like talk to me in two, three weeks down the line and whatever his plan was, I guess it just didn't work. Yeah, you had, and I believe there was a uh, a fighter or two. Uh, actually, one of the one a great fighter, Rose Namajunas, um, was. I think she pulled out last minute. There was a death in the family because of coronavirus, so uh, she was one that looked like she. So would... how can you possibly still have that even yes. after hearing that? Maybe that's why this all happened. Yeah, I mean, and I think that was the 
the, the piece that, that started it, although he did say, I mean, Dana White, and, and she, listen, she, she had a big fight over there and she, uh, on the card. There were 12 fights on this card. It was a huge yeah. card. Um, and obviously, when she went down and she was going up with Jessica Andrade, and, uh, and once that started happening, I think, and Dana White said, it was taken out of my hands. He said, I was getting ready to promote this, he said, but it was, it was taken out of my hands, which means... Somebody above Dana White, whoever that may be, whoever's got that kind of clout, uh, stepped in and said, yeah, uh, we're putting an end to this. But she was one of the fighters that would have, uh, you know, had to, st was stepping aside last minute. Yeah, and this was scheduled to be nine, mm -hmm. day, uh, nine days from yesterday, April 18th, which is mm -hmm. my birthday. Yep. It would have been a nice... Nice birthday present yeah. for me to have a live event there, but uh, we'll have to focus on other things, and clearly any decision that's made to cancel these things is crazy. probably the yeah, right decision. Absolutely well. crazy, yeah, absolutely crazy. So interesting Interesting yesterday, um, I'm just basically doing my reporting work, and you know, I cover the Marlins, and it kind of hit me, Joe, that uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame induction is coming up this July in Cooperstown, yep. New York, and Derek Jeter, who mm -hmm. uh, is going to be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame along with Larry Walker and Marvin Miller and Ted Simmons, who were uh, put on those Legends ballots, uh, I was thinking, my gosh, like, in July, there's going to be 100,000 Yankee fans that are going to make that trip from the city and from the boroughs to Cooperstown to see arguably one of the greatest Yankees of all time be yep. inducted. And then it got, I got to thinking, I wonder if they're going to actually have uh, a ceremony this year. So uh, I, I ended up asking the Hall of Fame, and also ask them a number of different questions, such as, you know, if, if you're not going to have it, is it going to be a virtual deal? Right. Will there be fans allowed? And I was, and you can check me on Twitter, at Craig Mish, and I know SportsGrid, we retweeted it too. But I was given a pretty emphatic, hey, look, provided that, you know, nothing changes drastically, our plan is to still have the Hall of Fame induction in late July. I believe it's the 24th through the 27th. Right. And Joe... Uh, look, I know that Cooperstown is clearly in a place where there's not a lot of density, not nope. a lot of people there. But if they're asking 100,000 people to come to that induction, I would guess the country's got to be in a lot better shape by the time that that happens. And by the way, that kind of coincides when we're talking about you know early August and in July right. starting to get kind of back to normal with everything else. So I took it as a positive that it was still going to be happening. And I didn't, and there wasn't anybody from the Hall of Fame that told me it's a wait and see. There right. wasn't anybody that said it's TBD. It was, yeah, it's happening. We're going to watch and we're going to make sure and we're going to be medically responsible about it. But I took that as a pretty good sign that if they're willing to allow that many people to gather to see that ceremony, that maybe there is hope for things this summer. Yeah. And, and listen, I think a, a lot of. I think a lot of things should continue to plan. I mean, that's that would be, I think, the most prudent do uh, the prudent thing to do when, with these types of events and and these types of things. I mean, listen, it's not happening tomorrow. There's really no reason at this particular point to have to cancel something in August anyway. So I, I think continuing to do business as usual, or at least get on that track until you are 100% sure that it's not gonna happen. I, I don't have a problem with people continuing to plan to do what they had planned to do originally. I mean, that's at some point this, you know, the economy's gonna get back up, people are gonna get back to, you know, it's gonna happen. So the sooner you plan for it, the better. I think it's the prudent thing that, I think it'd be irresponsible if they just sat there and be like, ah, we don't know, we're not gonna do anything, we're gonna hold off. Until you have yeah. a reason to know, uh, go ahead and plan accordingly. No, and I think that's the, uh, that's the way that it has to be. Yeah. And, and look, um, the other part of it, which is interesting, and again, uh, Cooper's Down is a little bit of a different animal because of yes. where it is in proximity to everything else. It's kind of out of out of the way in in a place where it's just solely around the right. Hall of Fame. Yep. You also have to remember this is not a ceremony where uh, you know some lower end Hall of Famer is getting in. I mean, this yeah, is Derek Jeter, so uh, there's there's going to be a lot of people there. There's uh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, ESPN posted an interesting poll, and I want your thoughts on it too as well from. Uh, from yesterday, Joe, mm -hmm. that it that more than half the people in the country who attend sporting events said uh, told ESPN that they would not attend a sporting event unless there was a vaccine 
for the coronavirus available for them to take. And I thought that that was pretty telling. Now, certainly that may end up changing in a month from now if you retook the poll with everybody sitting at home and and uh, us not getting haircuts for the next month. I don't know where you are with that. I'm getting to the point where it's got to get done soon here. Yeah, yeah but, um But, I mean, Joe, would you feel comfortable going to a sporting event without a vaccine in the, in, in the near future? Yes. Yes, because I, I, uh, I do think, and I wouldn't say vaccine, and I think a lot of those people are lying. Um, I think the real fans, uh, fans that are diehards would... Uh, would certainly go. Listen, there would have been people in the stands at the Final Four and in the tournament, even though people were telling them not to go. Hell, there's people still out now jogging and doing all their things without social distancing. So there's always going to be a I certain percentage. Here. You see yep. it where, yeah, I mean, there's a certain percentage who are just going to live their life. They're not going to be, they're not going to open the bubble and jump in. That's not what they're going to do. So. But I also think the perception of the virus right now is one where a lot of people are like, oh, no, I can't. You don't want to risk it. I want to do this, which is fine. But I do think the minute more that testing can seem to get streamlined here and in 30 days, 45 days, the amount of people that we hopefully can figure out have had it versus the number who have not all of a sudden the numbers start to shift a little bit. And then you realize that, wait a minute, maybe for certain groups, uh, obviously, they would still maybe uh, maybe invest in their situation to kind of still shelter in place. But maybe it's not as scary to a very large portion of the population and change the perspective of it. Because right now, it's people are just, they're shutting the doors, they're logging, they're going, absolutely not. But you and I both realized just a month ago, People would have. People were pissed off. They canceled the uh, the March Madness, and they would have yeah, went to games. Of course they were. They would have yeah, signed well, waivers. Listen, Remember that? I'll sign a waiver. For sure. Listen, wasn't the Big East playing in that last game? Like they ended up playing one of the games. That's in correct. The Big East tournament. Well, That's one correct. of the tournaments ended up Yeah, and there the were a lot of people like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, but yeah, it's all no, perspective. It's I think. I think it's all perspective. Well, I, I, I think it is too. And and again, for younger people, it's a lot right. easier than it is for people who have families. And look, there's so many factors into the equation. Uh, look, for me as a member of the media covering Major League Baseball, uh, that's. I mean, it's. I'm hoping that we have a better result because yes. honestly, in a few months. In a few months, me going to cover a Marlins game at Marlins Park and, and yes, being honored to be one of the members of the media, I, that's going to be an interesting conversation I have with my wife at the time because I am sure that unless everything is safe, she is not going to be happy with me doing it. And I'm hopeful that I don't have to go down that road. I'm hoping it's an easy conversation knowing, hey, look, it's everything's okay. But right. We'll see. You know how wives are neurotic, man. That's, that's part Listen, of uh, everybody's, part of the and drill. that's the other thing, everybody's safe. That, that bar is different for everybody. So, and I think that's also where, again, you're going to have some people who just be like, listen, uh, do they have a vaccine? No. Um, did I, might I have already had it? Might I, you know, what thing? Am I going to live, yeah. I spend the rest of my life inside? No. So, you got some people that will. It's going to take them a little bit longer, but I do think there's a significant portion that as minute that, that door opens, they're running at it and they don't care. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got to be careful. Yeah, a little while longer. Which is why, hey guys, I mean, run it the end of the month, even if it's into May. Yeah, please. So what? <laughs> you know what I mean? There are worse things. So, so what? There's no reason to take the foot off the gas now. No. Just keep. Definitely we'll stay not. the course. Just stay the course. Stay the course. Because September's a long. <laughs> no, we just have to have football back, no matter what. Yeah, it's a long way away. Even Cooperstown in August, long way away, guys. We can. I I agree. Yep, I we agree can we can uh, have a different conversation, I'm sure, in May than we are in April. Yep. Okay. Let's uh, let's close out uh, this uh, brief segment here with uh, former uh, great quarterback, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback Terry Bradshaw, uh, went on uh, one of the stations in Pittsburgh yesterday, mm -hmm. Joe, and after Tom Brady, of course, did his two-hour interview with Howard Stern. Tom, um, Terry Bradshaw did his short interview in Pittsburgh. Right. And a guy like Terry Bradshaw is not afraid to say anything. We know that. It's always been like that with him. And, and good for him. It's cool. But interesting take here on the greatest quarterbacks of all time, which is a debatable subject, of always. course. But basically, he said that uh, he didn't think that Tom Brady was the best quarterback of all time and mentioned 
Dan Marino and mentioned Dan Fouts as quarterbacks that should be ahead of Tom Brady. Now, look, uh, Terry Bradshaw himself won a lot of championships, but you look at it, didn't have the best numbers of mm -hmm. any of the top quarterbacks of all time, but goes under uh, the guise of he was a winner, which is true. Mm -hmm. He was a winning quarterback. He played on a team that had unbelievable talent around him, both mm -hmm. at running back, wide receiver, and, of course, on defense. But, I, look, I think Dan Fouts is underrated. I think Dan Marino has to be in the conversation for best of all time. But how could you just not have Brady at this point as the best? Like, come on. I mean, what is what has the guy not done to be the best of all time? I don't understand it. It's a He's a total hater. I mean, that, that's it. But, you know, Bradshaw, he's got that age now where the filter shuts off. You know what I mean? A little more comes spewing out. And I, I don't think he's been a big fan of Brady ever. Um, you know, it's just who he is. But the truth is, listen, the guy, nine Super Bowls, right? He's got six rings, three in the, you know, 2000 to 2010, another three from 2010 to 20. The first three are different from the, from the last three because the first three, he was, he wasn't the reason necessarily uh, that they did win, but obviously the three out of five that they won uh, over the last uh, decade, they don't win without him. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think they win almost any of them without him. Mm. I think that that's a big part of it. But I guess Bradshaw's reasoning for it, Joe, is that he's, like, tired of the soap opera. I don't. I didn't think that there was a soap opera between Belichick and Brady at all. Maybe yeah. right, up, right at the end, maybe, possibly. But I think it's more along the lines of, and I get it. Um, look, we've all been there. We all want to see Tony Gwynn play for the Padres for 100 right, years. Right, we all want to yeah. see Peyton Manning play for the Colts for 100 years, not go to another team. And Bradshaw played for the Steelers. He played in an era where free agency wasn't nearly as prevalent. And I think that's probably what bothers him more than anything else. But I, I think that you just got to get real with where we are now in sports and the amount of money that is out there for as good as Tom Brady is, you would never think 10 years ago that, they, that some team would give him $50 million at the age of 42 or 43. It's, it was yeah. unthinkable. But because of the amount of money that is out there, it isn't about how good Tom Brady is. It's just his name nope. and the fact that they, they can do it because the, the owners yep. have the money. So I get it, man. Money like, talks. It's just we're not going back to those days. Nope. We're, we're the days of your heroes playing on the same team like Derek Jeter forever. It could happen. It is possible that Carl Yastrzemski, it could happen, but it's more likely now that it won't. Yeah, that's right. And that's just, that's just where we're at, and that's the reality of the situation. All right, uh, let's take a brief commercial break. When we come back, we're going to dive into two iconic stadiums uh, that happen to be college football today with a little bit of pro football uh, dosed in as well. So that's coming up next right here on SportsGrid. This is Craig Mish and Joe Ranieri, and we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It's time for... Craig Bish and Joe Ranieri here on Sports Grid to take you through a couple of historic stadiums, a couple of the greatest of all time. And Joe, we've this week really gone through a lot of the professional stadiums, and now we're mm -hmm. closing out pretty strong with some of the college stadiums as well. I feel like we shouldn't neglect those college stadiums because they've produced some great players in college, some yep. great seasons in college, and a lot of times in the NFL as well. Yep. And there's not... Um... You got a better chance of the college stadiums really having some history and some uh, nostalgia with it as opposed to, like we've talked about Notre Dame this week, built in the 30s, Newt yeah. Rockney, that kind of stuff. A lot of these pro stadiums, they're a shell of what they used to be or it's new buildings altogether. So a lot the, of them are new. Yeah, yeah, big time, big, big, big time. So, uh, Or they're yeah. on the grounds that the old stadiums used to be on. So uh, I like these too. today, though. This is These are special. Yeah, we need this pandemic to end because I cannot come up with stadiums for the next three months. I mean, I may be able to pull this off for another month or two, but I mean, uh, we're, we're running out of we're running out of iconic stadiums. Yep. Then we're going to have to go well, new stadiums. <laughs> yeah. And then there's no icons there. 
Have you been there, Joe? No, yeah, I haven't. No, I haven't. Just talk. opened. Uh, how about great that talk. Vegas stadium, man? It opened. Great talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great talk. So, uh, but we'll run it uh, through you, uh, for you today. Let's mm-hmm. start off in college football. Joe mentioned this yesterday, so thought it would be a good day yeah. to bring it out. Michigan Stadium, which opened up in 1927, yep. home, of course, of the Michigan Wolverines. They, uh, there's, there's no doubt, Joe, when you're looking at places that uh, apparently Michigan has had some of the biggest crowds ever in the history of college football. And in terms of just gatherings in the United States, they've been in the top five of different times, over 100,000 people sitting in this stadium Yep. Uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. They've won five college football championships, not as many recently as they had in the past. Of course, some really good teams under Bo Schembechler in the 80s. Yep. Uh, but really since then, it's, it's you know, for Michigan a lot, it's those it's those really big rivalry games against Ohio State. Yep. And unfortunately, in recent history, Joe, it has not gone very well at all for Jim Harbaugh, as uh, I don't believe that he's beat Ohio State in five straight tries no no and it doesn't look like he's uh, he's going to be doing it uh, anytime uh, soon either but this is i mean what can you say about this place my word um there have been cells there have been um just uh, amazing history of players coaches and they pack them in there big time and uh, it's so funny every season you know when we get to august you know what that means that's it's time for the uh, the Blues versus the Crimson there to yeah. uh, to decide exactly who's going to be what. But five college football championships to their name in that uh, in that building. Yeah, no, not bad at all for sure. Nope. And uh, if you want to go back on demand, you can see I told my Bo Schembechler story where yes. I met him many many years ago. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, since Bo Schembechler, there hasn't been a ton to cheer about. But some of the most dedicated fans in all of college football. Oh yes. No arguing that fact. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, iconic players that played in this stadium specifically and at Michigan. Let's always keep this in mind, okay? I know that there are some players that I'll leave out here for those of you really old school people who are watching, but these are players that actually played in Michigan Stadium. We'll start off, Joe, with Braylon Edwards. You know yep. him very well. Yep. Former wide receiver, was awesome at Michigan. And how would you characterize his NFL career? I think he had a good NFL career. He I wouldn't did. say it was a great one. Nope. Very good. Um, and I would go ahead of, um, I would say that he, especially with the Jets, um, I thought he was really good with those uh, Jet years there where he made uh, Sanchez look pretty good. Uh, but um, injuries, I think, uh, to say the least, he never really had that great number two, um, you know, something to help him. He was a big-bodied wide receiver that, uh, that, you know, certainly on the goal line was a huge asset. Um, just, you know, he got stuck playing with the Jets for a while, and then that was the end of Browns. it. The Browns. Yeah, the Browns. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's... I mean, that was, uh, what would he have done with Tom Brady? Like, what would, you know what I mean? No, I know. <laughs> he had, in, in fantasy, he was a top five receiver just one time. Yeah. Uh, in, in 2007, he had 80 catches, 1,289 yards, and 16 touchdowns, which was among the best in the entire NFL. And then the following year, he was taken in the second round in every fantasy football draft, and he only had 870 yards. And three yeah, touchdowns. and while so, it was the Jets. Um, so. I w- listen, anybody who played in the NFL for five, six years, you have to say that they had a good career taking yep. that pounding. Yep. But I think some other people would have thought more of Braylon Edwards. Yep. Uh, the, probably the number one Michigan Wolverine of all time is Charles Woodson. He yep. can play offense. He can play defense. He's a, a college football Hall of Famer. He is an NFL Hall of Famer. Uh, won a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers as well now owns wine companies. I saw him at the Super Bowl in February when they came here and yep. I had a chance to interview him. Uh, he's also very good on television. Yep. Gr- very good for the Raiders as well. I-, I-, I can't poke any holes at Charles Woodson. He was just an yep. awesome college football player. When you're talking about the best college football players of all time, I think he's in that conversation as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they had a few there, did they not? They, they had a run of two of some uh, wide receivers, uh, some defensive players there that uh, that made their mark not only in the college game but really went on to make their mark uh, certainly in the uh, in the NFL as well. So, and guys, great guys too. As a matter of fact, yeah. oh Woodson was great. Yeah. Raiders, Packers, just wherever he went, he was a yep. really good player. Uh, Anthony Carter, we forget so quickly about him and how good he was yep. at Michigan, and and really was their best offensive option for yes. a long time. Three yes. years there, and then with the Minnesota Vikings, he yep. was a great option too at wide yep. receiver. So 
Uh, Anthony Carter offensively goes on this list, probably a top five offensive player at Michigan all time, and the all time Big Ten team as well. Just a great wide receiver. Got to yep. get him in there. Uh, Desmond Howard, look, every, you see the picture there of him doing yes, the Heisman. Everybody you know remembers it. that. Yep. Winning the Heisman was just was such an electric player, was a phenomenal receiver, but even better returner. And I would say in terms of popularity, Joe, he may be the most popular Michigan player of all time. Yeah, I, mean, and, and, I, I yep. wouldn't say he was the best, but he's the most popular, I would say. Three years he played there in Michigan, 134 catches, 2,146 yards, and 37 touchdowns in three years, guys. By That's far, great. to me, one of the most, uh, like you said, if not the greatest, but certainly one of the most uh, accomplished uh, players to come out of Michigan. Just unbelievable. All-American, Matt to watch Ward. the games he played in. Yeah, it's exactly, exactly. Yeah, and that, that, that's yep. a big part of the game. And unfortunately, got to the NFL, and, uh, you know, the Raiders were taking all those Heisman Trophy winners at the time, and they took him. It didn't really work out. Yep. He went to Washington, kicked around the league a little bit, and uh, not a great NFL career, but yep. a phenomenal college career for sure. Uh, and then finally, Steve Hutchinson, who just got into the Pro Football Hall yes. of Fame this year yep. and is a college football Hall of Famer, one of the best offensive linemen in football, in college, in pro, I thought he deserved to be on my list here, Joe. So I have him uh, capping off the top five iconic players uh, at Michigan. Hutchinson, uh, that, Jake Long it. was another guy that came out of they. They had a run of big, yep. just big uh, tackles and guards. Yeah, yeah, big uh, bred uh, offensive linemen that uh, that eventually went on as well. Something yeah. they've always been known and he's for. He's on my list of guys that didn't make the list, but Jake Long is Jake on Long. there. Remember, the Dolphins yep. took him very high mm -hmm. in the draft, and he was a good player for yes, the Dolphins. Absolutely, but they, they need they didn't need a tackle. They needed a quarterback and. Jake Long had about four or five really good years, got banged up a little bit. They moved on from him, but had a very good career in college and very, very. good to pros. Uh, I didn't put Tom Brady on here. Um, mm. Tom Brady did not have an unbelievable college career. He did so not. I just, no. I, just uh, he, he, I, I couldn't do it. He yeah. just, he, I looked at the numbers, and I looked at what he accomplished, and he was okay at Michigan. But yeah. He wasn't fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, Jim Harbaugh also, now the coach, was the quarterback. Let's not forget him. Um, and Tyrone Wheatley. Remember Wheatley Tyrone was great, Wheatley? too. Big time. Yep. Also yeah. the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, a lot yep. of Raiders. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Also, I uh, want to mention, I know he's not on this list or anything, but Leroy Horde, my buddy who lives here in South Florida. Absolutely. Browns for a long time. Absolutely. Yep. There as well. Mike uh, Hart was a great. Mike Hart was a great. Yeah, was really really yeah. good. I mean, underrated, but man, just played every year. Was, was iconic in uh, in in Michigan football land. But there, there's you can you can go back a ways too at Michigan. But uh, the problem is they were always been defined as. Did you beat Ohio State? Did your oh it didn't. All right, next yeah next. Harbaugh beat. Harbaugh. Ohio State. Is he ever, is he, as a player, as is a player. he ever going to beat Ohio State as a coach? Not this year. And they got, and they got. if I'm not mistaken, this past, they got off to a good start against them this year, right? Weren't they up like 14-0 or 13-3 yeah. or something? short-lived, and it's the way they lose these games, too. It's just been destroyed. It's just over, every man. It's all, and every year, Michigan fans hope when they get there, you know, they were almost double-digit dogs this year, too, and it was yeah, like, oh, they were looking good for a while. It didn't yeah. end up that way. If they only played right, one quarter, then, it was good. Yeah. That's, that's, you could say that about a lot of games. Mm -hmm. We'll finish off today's iconic stadium with another one that we talked about. You can go back and watch our show on YouTube or on demand yesterday. Mm. The University of Miami uh, owned that Orange Bowl, but they just they weren't by themselves. The Miami Dolphins played in the Orange Bowl as well. So... Uh, Orange Bowl opened up in 1937. It closed down in 2008 in the worst way possible. They lost to Virginia like 51 to three or something Terrible. horrible. But it was it was just a rocking stadium for a long period of time, hosting the Dolphins and the Hurricanes. The University of Miami won five college football championships in that span, and they also hosted two Super Bowl championships. Not to mm -hmm. mention hosting Super Bowls there as well and hosting college football championships and the Orange Bowl. And uh, look, when you when you play football in late December and January, Joe, you're going to want to find somewhere warm. 
And not only did Miami have some great teams, they also hosted some great events through the years. Correct. Absolutely iconic down here, guys. And I remember one of the first times uh, I went to the uh, to the Orange Bowl, and I remember like paying a dude five bucks to park on his lawn, and I could not. I just had no idea what we. I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, yo, like, how do I know the car is gonna be here when we? Ah, worry about it. Ah, we're good to go. I'm like, dude, we're on somebody's lawn right now. Like, now we're gonna walk to the stadium. Like, yeah. And just um, the way they served alcohol, uh, and that was one of the big things about um, the Orange Bowl is that you could, you know, in a lot of places like the Swamp, you know, very dry campuses, you ain't buying yes, beer. Yeah, the Orange Bowl was, uh, you didn't want to exactly take the kids to the Orange Bowl to a game. It got a little, uh, it got a little hectic there. No, it's like a pro team in a college town. Exactly. A college team in a pro town. Pro town, that's right. It was crazy. And, and and the stadium that's there right now, instead of the Orange Bowl, is? Marlins Park. Park. Yep, right there. And Park people still parking on lawns. They don't really have to. Yeah. <laughs> Be, was, they be, did for the all-star game though i did see it in the all-star game i'm sure yeah. i'm sure and listen an opening day and yep. i'm sure some of the other uh days too. so uh we have a pretty comprehensive list yeah of hurricanes players that were iconic at this school and and joe talked to me about this before the show we probably could have gone even deeper here yep uh ted hendrix is considered a lot of people think ted hendrix is the best hurricanes player of all time, all time. yep a, a lot of people think he is because of what he accomplished he was just a transcendent defense player yes he was His, he, he, we're going back old school here but there are a lot of people who think that he was just just for the record mm -hmm. uh, Jim Kelly of course a quarterback Vinny Testaverde uh, Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback mm. same thing with yep. Bernie Kozar they were just going through these Heismans uh, not even on this list Steve Walsh Gino Toretta unbelievable seasons Heisman yep. Trophy winners but in terms of icons Kelly Testaverde Kozar I think are the ones that really come to mind here uh, and then Jerome Brown, who passed away, was yep. awesome, as well as Michael Irvin, who people think is the best offensive player yes, he is. at the University of Miami yep. uh, ever had. Uh, on the defensive side, we went even a second uh, graphic here for you guys to continue with it. Ray Lewis, who uh, played on some really not great Hurricane teams under yep. Butch Davis. It's almost as if when Ray Lewis left, that's when UM really got good again. Lewis played at UM for three years. He's arguably one of the best linebackers of all time. But at Miami, while he was dominant, the team wasn't really good. So That's correct. Yep. Uh, Warren Sapp was as good as it got oh, on the defensive huge. line. Yep. Awesome. Uh, Clinton Portis and Edgerin James, both All-Americans at UM. Uh, Willis McGahee, unfortunately, only got like one full year of starting and then had the injury in the championship game. So yep. he's probably an honorable mention here. Uh, Got to have Frank Gore, though, on the list here, too, Yep. Uh, as well as uh, Andre Johnson. So, uh, Joe, uh, we even missed a lot of other players here. Yeah, I mean, I, the only guy I would have thrown in there would have been Sean Taylor, who was just... Um, you, you should. You probably could, and you yep. probably should. Yep. And that would be fair. Jeremy Shockey would be fair. Yep, yep, yep. Gino Toretto would be fair. Yep. Jim Otto, I only remember him. The Rock, the you rock. didn't put The Rock in there. <laughs> And Dorsey, that's Dorsey, Reggie Wayne, that's Reggie Wayne, Reggie Wayne. Yes, that's right. Reggie Wayne was good too. Yep, that's so it's a funny. Million guys, yep. just keep on going and going and going. Um, yep. Bryant McKinney. Yep. Okay. Uh, so those are the Hurricanes. Let's do the Dolphins. And and this was a lot easier because remember the Dolphins left the Orange Bowl and they went to Pro Player Stadium. Yes, yes, yes. So you're missing out on Jason Taylor and Zach Tom. Like those guys played in the other stadiums. Dwight Stevenson played a little bit at this stadium, a little bit at yeah. uh, at Joe Robbie Stadium, and Dwight Stevenson's also a Hall of Famer. But here are the bona fide guys. Oh, I don't yes. know. I mean Dan Marino, Mark Clayton, Mark Duper, one, two, three, easy. Uh Larry Little, little yeah. the offensive lineman on all of those championship teams for Miami with Bob Greasy and uh, and Earl Morrill. He was there. He yep. was the guard. Larry Zonka at fullback on the 72-73 teams that won the Super Bowl. And the no-name defense really had no names, but Nick Bonaconti was the original defensive guy to get into the Hall of Fame uh, yes. for Miami. And he passed away this past year, unfortunately. So yeah. uh, anyone anyone I left off off the Orange Bowl Dolphin days? The, uh, you know, Mandich would have been a guy I had to put on there too, man. He was, uh, he was all part of that uh, tight end part of those years. Yeah. Became one of the better broadcasters, local broadcasters you guys will have heard that um, – a WQAM lineup with him, Goldberg, Mandich, and and through those years when Miami rock. wasn't good, he was just the best oh, to listen to. Yeah. 
Well, destroyed them. Yes. <laughs> Mercury, Mercury Morris. Mercury Morris. Morris. Two other names. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, a, a lot of really good players. It's just that when the Dolphins won those championships, they 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 were scoring like ten points a game. It that, was a strange time in the NFL. In fact, yep. in the Super Bowl, I think Bob Greasy threw like Greasy. Nine yeah, that's correct. Yep. A different time. So, uh, that's our University of Miami mm -hmm. and Miami Dolphins and Michigan Wolverines iconic stadium and iconic players segment yep. for today. We'll be back with Ray Albright from Razball.com when we come back. And then we'll wrap it up for this edition of FST. So stay right there. We'll be back in just two minutes. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Ranieri. Of course, we are closing out the week in style as we did last week. We're going to do it again this week as we're joined by Gray Albright of Razball.com, the kick around the latest in life, the world, fantasy sports, Tiger King, everything that you could possibly imagine. Gray, thanks for coming on the show. How was your week? Uh, it was pretty good. I, uh, I got a uh, delivery... From Imperfect Foods this week, I got parsnips, which I don't really know exactly what to do with those. So I don't know. Maybe that wasn't the good part of the week. Uh, I also I got a oh we got a Amazon window to get paper towels. So that was also exciting. It's a, it's been a good week. Okay. So what, what does that mean? Amazon parsnips window? in an order like like where did would you lose a bet? Like how did that work out, Greg? <laughs> well. <laughs> Uh, thanks for asking, Jeff. I uh, actually, it's a uh, delivery service where you put in a <laughs> you put in an order, and they give you basically whatever they have. So, wow. I, I la last week I got a I got a a potato, a pineapple. And <laughs> And scallion, uh, which actually it turned out to be a really good week last. I didn't realize that was a good week. So uh, this week, when I got the uh, parsnips, I was like, oh, I mm. don't really know what to do with those. Yep, no, no, no. That, was, see, was I'd be offended. That's you send me parsnips, I'm offended. I'm just saying. Was that the only thing in the in the in the whole order? Confused. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a it was a box of parsnips. <laughs> I don't get it. How does this happen? I might have signed up for like this uh, a punked service. They're just like they're just messing with people in quarantine. Wow. Here's a uh, I just oh, put no. in a order for uh, toilet paper. Well, actually, here's sandpaper. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's it's... the way to go about it. Uh, right, but what what happened with the, what happened with the paper towels? What do you what do you mean? You got a window. What does that mean? Oh, it was wonderful. No, so uh, Amazon, I guess you put in a order and mm -hmm. you hopefully you get a window for delivery. Oh, we I see. To get a window because I I actually I don't use uh, cloth napkins. I have like a uh, phobia, so I only use paper napkins. And I don't use the top napkin. I don't know if you guys are like this, but like if I go into a pizzeria and the top napkin, uh, remember going? Remember the days of going into a restaurant? I just had no. a flashback. Anyway, <laughs> you go in and you grab the top napkin on the uh, counter. I throw that away. I don't ever use that napkin. That's not a napkin you use. <laughs> As I was well, saying, I don't, congratulations. Cloth, I don't use cloth napkins. Yeah, no, this isn't a religion. No. <laughs> this is more of a, a neurotic thing. Call me Joe Neurotic. No. So I, uh, I can't. <laughs> so. I use only paper towels to uh, wipe my hands and my face. So thankfully, we got a window and we had paper towels delivered. Otherwise, mm. I would have to my face on my sleeve or something. I don't even know what I would have done. Yeah, on on eBay, they're like selling paper towels like ten dollars a roll. Wow. 
Actually, now that I think about it, I could wipe my face on my sleeve and sell these things. <laughs> yes, not the that. first sleeve, though. Not your first sleeve. Yeah, you're gonna have to change shirts. <laughs> yeah, maybe the economy's going. Maybe selling paper towels isn't a bad idea. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, how did we get here? Four minutes in. Not sure. <laughs> but let's continue on and and talk about the at least the latest in fantasy baseball, mm -hmm. which essentially was a story that broke on Monday, and we've had nothing since. But the story that did broke on Monday, Gray, was the idea of a possibility of playing an entire season over the course of three or four months in Arizona, 10 stadiums, 30 teams, a short spring training in May, followed by games with no players in the stands in June and July. I suppose that there is some sort of fantasy spin on this. Mine is, this would just be horrible, but um, you know, I would love for the games to be played any way possible. It just would seem to me that there's gotta be a better way than this idea that was proposed. Yeah, I mean, you would hope. I uh, saw actually today, Tom Bergucci of Sports Illustrated said that there was going to be a 43-game season, which wow. yeah, that, that gave me a good chuckle. I mean, 43 games, so we're talking maybe one game on Sunday, and then everyone gets tested, and six days later we reconvene and have another game? I, I don't know. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe he was talking about football. I actually, I'm pretty optimistic still about a baseball season. I think that there's going to be something. I don't know what it necessarily is going to look like. I I don't think the Arizona, everyone plays in Arizona, is really going to, I don't know if that's going to fly. That feels like a little bit of, uh, like, that just feels like a, a, a working draft, mm. <laughs> you know? Like, I, right. I don't really necessarily think that that is going to be what the season actually ends up looking like. I do think there is, for fantasy baseball um, concern, there is a little bit of thought, like, you know, if there is a season with uh, teams not playing in their home parks, like, what happens to all those rocky hitters that you were interested in? Mm. Suddenly... Suddenly I told Herman, you this, but you're unconcerned with all this. Suddenly, Herman Marquez looks really good. Finally. Finally. It came true for you. Right? <laughs> I know. I also, I mean, think about, like, other stadiums. Now, uh, doesn't matter what's going on in Seattle. State, like, well, Seattle doesn't really have any hitters. But if they did, it might be interesting. I, uh, I, I, I still feel like in the end we're going to end up having a pseudo-regular season mm. of 80 to 100 games being played in 20 parks that we know, maybe five that we don't, and in front of no fans for a month or two where we get a month of actually having real baseball. I, I, think, I think you're right. I think that some semblance of the season is going to happen, but I maintain, Gray, in, in terms of fantasy, like I am just not interested at all until I have any kind of clue as to how this is going to play out. I just, I simply won't do a draft and I won't participate in one unless it's free and then I have nothing to do. What's the number, Gray, to you? I mean, what what would you not go under in order to be able to make it a viable fantasy season? I think probably 100 games. That's where I'm, that's where my head's at. I think uh, maybe July 4th feels like a very baseball thing to do. Like mm. we have opening day, July 4th. You get fireworks, you get the, the stadium, you have uh, teams back, games on, and they play through the end of October, and then you have a month of the uh, postseason in November in uh, a, either L.A. or a Miami or somewhere warm. I think that I, I really think that's going to be the season, 100 games starting July 4th. Yeah, and by the way, if they start July 4th, and go through October, they can get in a lot more than 100 games if that's what they choose. If they start July 4th, they can play 30 games in July, 30 games in uh, August, 30 games in September. Even if you give them a couple of days off throughout the month, you, that's almost you know, that's 90 games right there. You know, you could probably get through October with 120, 130. I don't think it's going to get that far. You're right. I think it's going to be 100 games or less. But to me, July 4th has always made a lot of sense. May 4th does not. So hopefully that's the direction that will be trending. We're still, I mean, we are still so early in this whole process. Like we have, uh, you know, what are we like? Oh, a little bit over a week into April. I think 
Honestly, I mean, I'm not a scientist, in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of people that were, but I'm not. I do think, though, that like three weeks in the life of this whole macaque craziness, I think it's a lot of time. I think it by, is. by May 1st, I think the entire situation is going to look totally different. And everyone who's saying that there's not going to be sports is going to be like, oh, yeah, there probably will be sports now mm. that I think about it. I mean, I, I really do think like I feel like. Fans may not be there. May not be crowds in stadiums like that. I can I can see something where you know guys, uh, people are playing without fans or with or with limited number of fans. Maybe I don't know. I don't know how that all plays out. But I really think that there's going to be baseball. I, you know, it's funny. Somebody was uh, somebody was talking about just the ability to use the dome stadiums. Um, and take, you know, weather and those types of things out of it. And just in the dome stadiums uh, in the American and National League, what, what is it, about a half a dozen of them, I guess? Maybe six or seven of them? And use those as sites in order to play uh, all the games or at least as many games as they can. Because people are afraid of open air stadiums because people sneeze into the stadium? I don't no, I, I think it's more along the lines yeah. that rain, rain outs, you know. Yeah, avoid the weather altogether. Oh, I got you. Yeah, because no. if the game gets rained out, you're really screwed. <laughs> I got, I got yeah. you. For, like, for weather. Yeah. And I guess at least yeah. you can get six or seven cities involved, you know, that way, as opposed to, hey, everyone come to Arizona. We're going to box you in, throw away the key. It's like, yeah, I don't I don't see how that works, Greg. I just don't see how that works at all. I don't, yeah, no, I don't either. I think by, you know, by maybe June, this is going to be a situation where they even are like, okay, yeah, a few, like, families can travel and, like, you know, things are... They can't keep people on lockdown for the next six months. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just—it doesn't seem feasible in any stretch of the imagination. I don't know. I, no. I'm just really like—I—I I mean, I hope I'm not being totally Pollyanna and like have my head in the sand, but I really believe there will be baseball. Yeah, no, and and baseball again has a little bit of a different situation than the NBA yeah. and the NHL, where their seasons are basically over regular season wise, and they're starting up again soon in the mm -hmm. fall, in October and November. Um, so that'll that'll be interesting. Um, so right. Gray, what are you doing right now to pass the time? What what is it that you're doing every day from morning till night? Oh boy, uh, okay, uh, let me get the popcorn. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I actually, well, I just pulled up a. Uh, uh, a website called parsniprecipes.com. Uh, snips? Are you on snips.com? I am on the snip. You know the snip? Uh, I, thought, I thought for a second it was about, like, uh, spay and neutering the pets, but it's not. Any good recipes? That, that's like an hour of your day. Come on. He's hanging out seven, snips. You're looking at it. <laughs> my, my, my day is literally talking to myself. So you Come guys on. have just entered into no my No good day. movies? No, nothing Nothing you could recommend to all the people watching? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, okay. Yeah, all right. Fine, yeah. Fine, 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 fine. Give me, give me some, something <laughs> you want here. A, you want a real answer. Okay, okay. Yes. So, you gave uh, the fake my, one. Give the real yeah, one. Yeah, okay, okay. So my day... It's looking like this. I wake up. I, you know, do a little bit of work on because uh, we we did do a uh, hundred game projections at Rasball. We we uh, we changed all the projections down to a hundred games. So I do a little bit of Rasball in the morning. Then I'm I've been working on a book. I don't, I'm not a, uh, I'm not ready to say yet what it is, but I've been okay. working on it all winter, and I was working on it. Uh, you know, I've started working on it again because I got nothing else to do. So I'm doing that. And then, uh, like, around 4 or 5, I basically cut out and I watch some TV. I've been watching uh, been watching a lot of Netflix, to be honest. I mm. saw uh, a show about zombies recently called Kingdom. It was a uh, Chinese show, and okay. it was about zombies. And it was good, and I don't like zombies. So, you know, you take that as far as you want. 
All right, no, that's that's positive to start yeah. with. Like, I, I think Joe and I, did I mention to you, Gray? I know I mentioned to jo to Joe that I watched uh, a show called uh, The Platform on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It was probably the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Awful. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yes. Oh, yeah, no, that's that sounds terrible. No, you got to, I'll actually, I'll tell you stuff to watch. Actually, I'm going to give you things to watch, and then so next week we could just talk about what I've watched. Good, the let's last do it. Year. We should just have a TV hour. We actually... <laughs> We could do this every day. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, you know, serious? Really? Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, uh, uh, unfortunately, Pluto TV will only allow 17 minutes of you. Oh. What? Yeah. Wow. That's terrible. Wait, what is that all about? Is That's that a because uh, I did a, a crack on Disney at some point? What's the deal, Pluto? <laughs> Pluto is Viacom. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Right. oh okay. Nice. 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 I. Uh, yeah. No. I. I honestly, we uh, we were watching Better Call Saul this week, which is a great show. That's Have you seen great. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that watching is it good. All I just realized this week I had a uh, uh, an epiphany Ooh. Uh, where it was like, yeah, I know it sounds really good. So I had an epiphany. And I was like, wow, Breaking Bad, basically with an attorney. I didn't even realize. I didn't put it together. I mean, everyone else in the world has probably already realized this, but I didn't realize. Better Call Saul is Breaking Bad. That's all. It it, it, it's it's yeah. like the same character arc because the guy is going from not bad, bad. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I yeah. know this isn't. I, I know you're expecting more, but that's what I came up with. But the, uh, I, I, like, I think the difference with this <laughs> one is that you, you know it's headed that direction. <laughs> oh, that was just mind blown right there. Mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> I like graphic that came on that was good you guys yeah, have a pretty the, big budget to be uh doing oh graphics. huge yes. you have no idea yeah you have no idea. yes uh, you guys might be able, have to get paid for this you might be able to go on ebay and buy some paper towels <laughs> or parsnips and parsnips man leftover parsnips <laughs> my god parsnips on ebay right now <laughs> Okay, Gray, it's been great once again having you and don't know what we accomplished, but <laughs> something. It's over so fast. Give me another two hours. I got another hour. Listen, call up Stir. Yes. They may they have an they have a spot open. That's it. All TV. Cooking with there Gray. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, great. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, guys. Talk to you later. All right, Gray Albright from Rasball and Rasball.com. They got their 100-game fantasy baseball projections up now. You can mm -hmm. go ahead and check it out. Purchase it. Get yourself set for the 100-game baseball season that currently does not exist. Mm -hmm. All right, that'll do it for the show. Thanks to everybody who watched today. We'll be back again over the weekend for a special edition of Fantasy Sports Today Weekend Edition. And then, of course, we'll be back on Monday with a regular edition of the show at 11 a.m. Eastern for my co-host, Joe Ranieri. I am Craig Mish. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. Stay on the grid. Get on the grid. And we'll be right here for you. Have a good